You are listening to Western Iowa's information leader, KCIM. I'm Nathan Cones here with your noon news for Wednesday, March 1st, 2023. A Carroll woman was taken into custody yesterday for alleged felony drug possession. According to Carroll County District Court records, 32-year-old Taylor Marie Frank is charged with possession of marijuana with intent to deliver a Class D felony. Authorities say the charge stems from a November 11th interaction with law enforcement. She was allegedly found with approximately nine ounces of marijuana packaged in one-ounce increments and nearly $500 in cash. She was released from the Carroll County Jail on her own recognizance after appearing before a magistrate. A Class D felony in Iowa carries a maximum penalty of up to five years in prison and $7,500 in fines. The Carroll City Council is considering raising its fiscal year 2024 property tax levies in response to corrections and the state's property valuation rollback calculations. The Iowa Department of Revenue incorrectly calculated the FY24 rollback at 56.49%. Governor Reynolds signed a bill last week to correct that error, adjusting the rollback to 54.65%. Adjusting to finance, uh, According to Finance Director Laura Schaefer, this, this cut the city's total taxable valuations by $13.2 million. She says leaving the total levy at the originally planned 11.89768 per $1,000 of taxable valuation will lead to a significant budget shortfall. Overall, it shows roughly $156,000 decrease in revenue if we did not change the levy. In order to collect the same amount of property tax revenue with the rollback change factored in, the city would need to raise the total levy by nearly 30 cents to 12.20181 per $1,000 of taxable valuation. Schaefer says staff at City Hall considered alternatives to limit tax increases. The staff kind of talked a little bit in the office, and this last portion is what we would want council to possibly consider is looking at trying to keep the revenue asking the same for these first three components, which was the the portion of the levy that we held the public hearing at for the max levy. Then possibly allowing the revenue to change for the debt service component. For a number, a couple of years now, we've been trying to look at the debt service levy and keeping that at about $1.40 and then structuring our debt within that. Under that proposal, the city would offset an approximately $106,000 shortfall from the general levy with a nearly $0.26 cent increase to the employee benefits levy. The debt service levy would be unchanged from $1.40 and 8 tenths of a cent, bringing the overall levy to 12.16844. Schaefer notes individual tax bills from the city are anticipated to stay nearly the same due to the rollback changes. Interim City Manager uh, Jeff Kaler says levy increases are rarely popular, but they may benefit the city moving forward if legislation limiting municipal government growth being considered at the state house is passed. One of the things we're trying to say is although we don't like the idea of raising our levy, you know, more than the four cents that we originally proposed, in the long run, it might be to our benefit if they do pass this legislation and limit our growth. We'd like that limit to be on a higher number than the lower number. Is that fair? That and, and I guess the other reason why I would take a look at this proposal here is this was the, the tax asking that we talked about in January. I think there was a consensus of council and the staff that these are the tax dollars we believe we need to operate for the next budget year. So why would we want to potentially lower that if this was the original budget proposal? 
There is interest from legislators in Des Moines in lowering Iowa's property tax burden. The bill currently moving through the Senate would limit how much budgets could increase yearly while the House is discussing caps on valuation increases. State officials estimate the average increase in valuation for residential property throughout the state is around 22%. The city council did not formally vote on the proposed budget changes at Monday's meeting. It'll continue to discuss adjustments leading into the April 30th budget deadline. Video from this section of the meeting is included with this story online. And today is the last day to purchase tickets for next week's Carroll Chamber of Commerce annual banquet. Reservations can be made by contacting the Chamber office directly at 712-792-4383 or by email at chamber at carolliowa.com. Tickets are available for $35 each or sponsors can reserve a table for eight people for $295 per table. The Monday, March 6th banquet begins at 5.30 p.m. at the Carrollton Center with a social hour. Dinner will be served at 6.30 p.m. with the program and awards presentation starting at 7.30. The Chamber announces six awards during the banquet each year, Citizen of the Year, Humanitarian, Public Service, Good Neighbor, New Business, and Heritage Business. And we do need to step away here for just a moment. We'll be right back. More news is on the way after this on KCIM. Make sure to tune in every Friday morning and afternoon for Night News. Night News gives you a look at what's new each week at the Kemper Catholic Schools. Night News proudly brought to you by Christensen Chiropractic, Haley Equipment, and Home Care Options. Carol Hybee Market Grill is your place to go for Lenten fish and shrimp specials. Get fish like tilapia and cod, shrimp and sides like hush puppies or fries. Dine in or take it to go every Friday during Lent. Carol Hybee Market Grill, stop in today. Welcome back to KCIM's Midday News. I'm Nathan Cones reporting. Glidden City officials are looking to scale back Phase 1 of the Liberty Rock Plaza project due to a lack of interest from contractors in their first attempt to solicit bids. At Monday's City Council meeting, a public hearing was held for bid openings on Phase 1 with no written or public comments from individuals. According to City Administrator Brooke Peterson, no bids were submitted from contractors for the project, so the council is looking to reduce its scope in the hopes a smaller project would be more palatable to contractors. Bolton and Mink out of Jefferson are the engineers and designers for the project, and Peterson says they provided some ideas for city officials. Having some of our public works guys and possibly a local contractor help with some of the electrical and the underground boring to take that off of the quote, you know, that we would receive, and then uh, maybe some adjustments that we can make to the quote in order to make it a little bit more accommodating or appealing for a concrete contractor to help us. Phase one of the project has to do with electrical and concrete work being done near the Liberty Rock just off of Highway 30. She says there also could be some changes to the concrete sections of the proposed project. There's a few things we discussed about taking out the curb because it was in close proximity to the rock. That was kind of something that would be really hard to pour a curb. Peterson adds the city is in the bid threshold, so they will probably look to make modifications and get quotes. The bid threshold is a statutory amount of money with which contract agencies must seek bids. The state threshold is currently set at $65,000, and Peterson says with the city scaling back, they will not have to worry about reaching that amount. According to the engineer's estimate, the project's concrete portion would cost approximately $11,000 before changes. However, with those changes included, the cost would need to be calculated again. According to Peterson, 
where the public works is taking over the electrical portion of the work. So the city will save around $6,000 by using uh, city equipment and materials. Phase one of the project was originally estimated to cost anywhere from $30,000 to $40,000. Beginning tomorrow, regional directors for Senator Chuck Grassley will be traveling in and around the Carroll Broadcasting listening area, collecting feedback from Iowans about the Farm Bill, which is up for renewal later this year. Staff member Matt Rector and Laney Fate will be in Boone County Thursday from 1 to 2 p.m. at the Erickson Public Library. Then on Friday, March 3rd, directors Jacob Bossman and Garrett Arbuckle will be in Calhoun County at the Pomeroy Public Library from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Also on Friday, director Jonathan Blatt is in Shelby County from 11 a.m. to noon at the Shelby County Chamber of Commerce building in Harlan. Grassley will not be in attendance at these meetings, but he says as work begins on the new farm bill, I encourage anyone to stop by my staff office hours in their area to ask questions and share their thoughts. Iowans are always welcome to reach out directly to any of my offices throughout the year. The complete list of upcoming traveling office hours concerning the farm bill is included with this story on our website. And Republican lawmakers are proposing a ban on gender reassignment surgery and hormone therapy for transgender youth. Senator Jeff Edler, a Republican from State Center, says if the state can make it illegal for minors to use tobacco or alcohol, it can ban body-altering procedures. What they're feeling today may not be the same that they're feeling when they're 18 or older, and some of these procedures are non-reversible. I mean, the damage that is being done It is very new technology and techniques. Subcommittees in the Iowa House and Senate approved the same bill on Tuesday afternoon. A woman who said her name was Angie testified at the subcommittee hearing in the Senate. It is irresponsible to lead children down this path at such a young and vulnerable age. Samantha Fett of Carlisle, a member of the conservative Moms for Liberty group, says the bill protects the children of today and future generations. We need to allow children to grow normally because puberty is key to human development. Pausing it has life-altering consequences forever. Doctors and parents pushed back on the idea children are being manipulated. Karen Butler of Iowa City told lawmakers her child is non-binary and the family spent years meeting with specialists and mental health professionals. What makes you think you are in a better position than I to make health care decisions for my child? I want you to understand that the gender-affirming surgery my child received was medically necessary potentially life-saving care. Dr. Karen Olson, an OBGYN at Broadlands Hospital in Des Moines, cares for LGBTQ youth. We are not going about willy-nilly just doing surgeries on, on young children. There are guidelines and procedures and processes to follow. Amy Wickendall, a member of the Hiawatha City Council, told lawmakers he knew at the age of nine as a student at a Christian school that he was trans. Being trans is a condition of the human race. You can't out erase us no matter how many books you've been, no matter how many uh, rules and regulations you put in front of us. South Dakota lawmakers recently passed a ban on gender reassignment surgery and hormone therapy for minors. Similar legislation has been proposed this year in 26 other states. And that is going to wrap up your look at news right here on KCIM. I'm Nathan Cones reporting.